BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, everybody. Russia has hypersonic missiles that fly at 9 to 12 times the speed of sound. China has them as well. The United States doesn't. And Russia reportedly fired some of its hypersonic missiles into Ukraine last week. Ukraine President Zelensky wants to talk directly with Vladimir Putin. Meanwhile, Russia attacks on Ukraine are unrelenting and the refugee crisis worsens. President Biden talked to China President Xi Jinping, and we still don't know exactly what they said. The New York Times admitted that Hunter Biden's laptop is authentic, which means the Times, the Bidens, leftist corporate media, big tech, social media, and the intelligence community, especially the FBI, are less than authentic and perhaps exactly what President Trump called all of them, criminals. I'm Lou Dobbs, and this is The Great America Show. Welcome, and we thank you for being with us. I want to say at the outset, the news from Ukraine isn't greatly improved, and the Russians appear stalemated and remain stalled in attempted advances on most major cities. President Zelensky is trying to persuade President Putin to negotiate a ceasefire, but to this point, without luck. And the United Nations, the European Union, the Biden administration, all clearly not exerting sufficient effort toward bringing Zelensky and Putin together for peace talks. And I believe it is their responsibility to do so. But in my opinion, Biden neglects most of his obligations as president, and those he does attempt to perform, he does so ineptly. We, my friends, are caught in a dilemma, a dilemma of historic weight and consequence. Most Americans say in polling, that Biden is unfit for the high office he holds. In polling as well, more than that number believe the country is headed in the wrong direction. Should he be removed from office? Well, under other circumstances, absolutely. Do I think Vice President Kamala Harris should succeed him? Absolutely not. Third in line of succession, none other than Speaker Pelosi. We don't even have to think about that. Absolutely not. So what are we to do? Now comes the hard part. First, the Republican Party has to win the midterm elections. And it's clear the GOP rhinos don't want to change their leadership in either the House or the Senate. Senator Rick Scott, however, is adamant that Republicans campaign on an agenda that they promise the voters to implement. And Senator Mitch McConnell doesn't like Scott's idea. He'd like to play a version of Pelosi's We'll tell you what's in the bill after we pass the bill. McConnell wants to tell voters, trust us, we'll tell you what we'll do after the election. Doesn't that sound marketable? I doubt voters will be in the mood for any more political idiocy, don't you agree? To take up the Republican Party's prospects and its historic opportunity this fall to win back the House and the Senate, we have with us the chairman of the Conservative Partnership Institute. Jim DeMint. Jim has served as both congressman and senator from the great state of South Carolina and is a former president of the Heritage Foundation. 
Thanks for being here on the Great America Show. Jim DeMint, I can't tell you how great it is to be talking with you. It's been a while, and uh, I want to compliment you on the article that you wrote uh, for The Federalist. Uh, I was reading it, and I'm thinking, my goodness, it's good to have Jim DeMint's voices always in this uh, arena, but uh, particularly taking on the orthodoxy that is the Republican Party right now. Welcome to the show. Well, Lou, thank you, and it's great to be back with you. I appreciate you staying in the arena yourself. And I couldn't resist writing a defense for Senator Rick Scott because I went through the same thing so often is just wanting to tell people what we were going to do and then doing what we say. And I see Rick, uh, who is responsible for electing a new Republicans to the Senate, uh, did what I think is common sense. He says, here's an example of what we'd like to do if we get the majority but not only did the Democrats pounce on him, but the Republican leadership did as well. And so I just wanted folks to know that uh, while you may not agree with every point or you want to add two or three yourself, uh, we owe it to the American people to tell them what we're going to do if we get the majority. Well, and, and, and Rick Scott, uh, first of all, good on you for doing so. And good on Rick Scott for laying out 11 points that uh, constitute right now the agenda of the Republican Party, because as you pointed out in your article, no one else has put anything out there. And heaven forbid that uh, Mitch McConnell should even think about it. Yeah, I know Mitch's philosophy is don't be the issue. And uh, he wants to run the Republican campaign on how bad Biden and the Democrats are. And I have to admit this year, it's probably a reasonably good strategy just to talk about how bad the other guys are. Mm. Uh, but that's not going to take us anywhere. And releasing your own agenda commits you to do things. It allows people to hold you accountable to things that you said you were going to do, not just stop what the other guy's doing. So, um, I, again, I applaud Rick Scott, and I've just found that uh, we've, you've got to get behind people who are trying to do the right thing. That's why we started the conservative partnership five years ago, is I just saw we spend a lot of time and money electing good people, and most of them tend to go bad because the whole system pushes the wrong way, and most people just give up uh, because there's no support for doing the right thing. Right. I, I talk, as you might guess, to a few Republicans on this podcast. And I, I'm so, so concerned about why the Republicans won't talk about what they will do. Uh, I've heard Jim Jordan say that, uh, you know, he'll, he'll go after an investigation, uh, on a lot of this and I, and I applaud him. And I think uh, there's no one in Congress. I think more highly of than, uh, than Jim Jordan. But at the same time, uh, Senator, Senator Rand Paul says he's going to be the chairman of the health uh, committee, and he's going to investigate Fauci and what all is done. And again, I applaud that. But my Lord, once you've, you know, once you've cleaned up the mess, we've got to talk about how we can restore this nation to, to its former glory. And anyone who doesn't think that this country needs to be restored to its former glory just isn't paying attention. We are the greatest country on earth. I truly believe that. But, man, that's faint praise right now, don't you think? You're exactly right, Lou. I've, I've never been more concerned for our country. I love our country. It's the best country in the world. Uh, but, but we're giving away um, our wealth, our prosperity, our opportunity, even our security in so many ways, from the border 
to weakness in foreign policy, letting our military decline in ways that is beginning to be exposed because we're running out of armament to supply the Ukrainians. But I, I know from my time in the office in the House and the Senate and working with foreign leaders is that when America is weak, the whole world becomes destabilized. And so we're backing our way into bigger wars. Um, and and I, I would just say outright, and I hope we can talk a little bit about Russia and Ukraine. Sure thing. The only way for the U. The only way for the U.S. to de- to defeat tyrants like Putin and the communist Chinese and the mullahs in Iran and the crazies in North Korea is is for us to be an energy and economic superpower. Uh, right. We've got enough energy to supply ourselves and, and and our allies for a hundred years, and and at the same time make ourselves wealthy, lower prices. Uh, but this whole climate change agenda is going to back us into some type of huge conflict and perhaps even a, a nuclear yeah. conflict because it, it just brings us to our knees. Yeah. It's, and one of the things we can, we have to be really honest about, the Republican Party shares every bit as much blame as does the Democratic Party. For 50 years of energy dependence, with the exception of the four years of Donald Trump for 50 years, we have been dependent on OPEC. It was a choice. It was a rationalization by our globalist elites. Uh, it was a choice by wall street business, the business Roundtable, uh, chamber of commerce, uh, the vested establishment interest in this country. And we have to be honest about that. We've had these amazing reserves of gas and oil throughout that period and only in the last 10 years have we really begun to focus and we're still not energy independent we're back to dependency uh, in a big way but we have at least started to focus on how to get there and what to do and what policies work and what don't and in, in 15 months this president has showed us what doesn't work right you're exactly right and it's been hard for me to watch uh, this professional liar in the White House, Pisaki, saying that things like the pipeline are not going to make any difference in the prices and things like that. That's exactly wrong, Lou. I've watched this for (laughs) over 20 years. And every time America makes a commitment to expand its energy supplies, uh, the uh, uh, energy suppliers around the world, OPEC and Iran and others, increase their production and lower their prices so that it will reduce the financial incentive for America to produce more. And it's happened. Not only have we not done the exploration we could have, uh, we've even capped our wells at different times over the last 20 years because the price got so low. And you saw that happen with Donald Trump. He came in and immediately released the development of the Keystone Pipeline, and it would probably be close to operational now if, if Biden hadn't killed it. But as soon as, as Trump reduced regulations, opened up the, the co- completion of the pipeline, you saw ga- gasoline and oil prices go down. That's because the, the producers around the world want to reduce our incentives to be energy independent. Mm-hmm. And by the way, uh, the left is insistent that we be dependent. Uh, that's why he's trying. I mean, we've got to be very clear about this. This is good and evil. This is a president uh, and an administration 
whose entire purpose is to destroy everything that Trump achieved to then destroy everything the la- over the course of the last 50 years, the last half century that's been achieved in this country. They don't want us to be militarily superior. That's reflected in the budgets that have been passed. It's reflected in the debt that they've run up, the spending that they've created. We're talking about over $30 trillion now in national debt and deficits. It'll be a trillion dollars into as far as we can see the future. This is a disaster for national security, which you, uh, of all people, know best. Our national security is utterly dependent on a strong, healthy, growing uh, economic base, and we don't have it. And, and our enemies know that. And, and I'll tell you, if we ever did the research, we would probably find that China and Russia and their propaganda machines are behind this whole climate change agenda and effectively getting America to disarm uh, by removing our own energy production, including nuclear. We're not, we're not opening new nuclear plants in America, which are zero emissions. We've had zero accidents. And, 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 and the reason Germany and most of Europe is dependent on Russia is they've closed their nuclear plants and they have to get their energy from Russia. And it's yeah. really silly for us to think that burning Iranian and Russia and Venezuelan oil is somehow better than for the environment than, than, than having our own. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, nothing that the Germans have done in, in decades has made sense. They brought in 5 million uh, immigrants uh, from uh, the Middle East, from uh, the Mediterranean uh, regions. Uh, and they <laughs> shut down their nuclear power plants and they run a mercantilist uh, economy that is utterly dependent on huge trade surpluses with the United States and the rest of Europe, indeed, the, the Western world. Uh, that's not exactly a blueprint for success long term. And we're seeing it unravel now as Germany and the rest of Europe confront an invasion by Putin in, into Ukraine. We have a president who doesn't seem to know what to do. He is mostly absent throughout this. He dispatched of all people as vice president who can barely put a sentence together, but a sentence that has no uh, no semantic purpose whatsoever. She does not know what she's talking about. And these are the people in the, and Tony Blinken, the secretary of state, Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor. I don't want to go to war with these people at the, uh, at the helm, it just it's the, one of the most frightening possibilities that I can contemplate. I agree with you. And, and I've, I've said many times in the last month or two, I, I don't think any American soldier should have to fight a war under the command of Joe Biden uh, because they, they would not let them win and go in and do what they can do. Uh, it, 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 you know, the only way that we're going to get out of this, as I said before, is to make a major kind of moonshot type commitment, not only to energy independence, but our allies should be getting compressed natural gas from us uh, in our tankers every day. Right. Uh, it's a third less polluting than oil, uh, and we've got enough of it so that they could make the Russians drink their oil. Uh, we're just not being smart about this, and it's not good for the environment. It's certainly not good for the economy. But the biggest issue right now, we should see, it makes us so vulnerable to tyrants who have nuclear weapons. 
uh, not just the old kind of nuclear weapons, but tactical nuclear weapons that can be used in theater. And I'm just I'm so worried that that uh, uh, Putin is just itching to show us he will use those tactical nukes that we've let him develop over the last 10 years through this START treaty that Obama and some uh, just uh, unfortunately uh, ignorant uh, senators passed about 10 years ago. Well, what do you think of this, this letter that Mitch McConnell organized and sent to the president demanding that he authorize the transfer of those Polish MiG-29s to be delivered to Ramstein Air Base in Germany. Uh, that's a U.S. base, by the way, folks, uh, to, <laughs> to be dispatched then into Ukraine. It's utter madness. 40 U.S. senators, Republicans, actually wanting to create the risk of World War III. Well, Lou, I think the Ukrainians should be able to fly or drive anything they want in their own country. Oh, I uh, do. Unfortunately, <laughs> we've, we've, we've waited too late uh, to do this at this point. If, if we wanted to help supply them, I mean, the Russians showed us for a couple of months before they invaded what they were going to do. And to try to come in at this point with the planes, perhaps uh, it could help. But as I said before, I think at this point, Putin is getting desperate. He's looking for an excuse to show that he would use tactical nukes. And, and so we, we need to be careful because with Biden at the helm, there is no sense exactly. of strength. And, and I don't think any country would believe uh, that that he is actually going to follow up if, if, if Russia did use a, a nuke. And NATO is not going to know what to do without American leadership. And I've heard this from foreign leaders for decades, that when America it doesn't lead, the whole world devolves into chaos. And we don't have to lead by being in wars. We just have to lead by being economically strong, militarily ready, and, and talk tough. Um, Trump didn't get us in any wars because everyone around the world believed that he would do it if they came, if, if they violated uh, anything he said. Now, knowing him personally, he's the last person that would push the button that would get any American troop in harm's way. Uh, and a lot of people may not believe that, but he did everything he could to keep us out of wars and to get us out of wars. But he but he was tough and people believed he would do what he said. And I think he would. Uh, but he is, would not drag us into a war that we didn't have to be in. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, it, it's 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 also clear that President Biden could back into a war uh, that a Anthony Blinken is making uh, statements that, for example, Colonel uh, Douglas McGregor here on this uh, podcast said uh, it's, it's the craziest thing he could have done because he can't back up the threat. Blinken can't back up the threat. Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, can't back up the administration's threat for potential consequences for China if they were to supply Russia. We have a, an administration that is awkward, bumbling, and wrong on so many issues when all they had to do was anticipate uh, and to pay attention to the intelligence they developed at the beginning of the year and then had the genius to share with the Chinese, expecting them not to share that 
with their new strategic partner, Russia. Uh, it, it, you, you can't make this stuff up. No. And as you mentioned earlier, we don't think about it, but uh, the debt that we have, the printing of money and, and the projected deficits puts China and Russia, Iran and our adversaries in a great position to take down our dollar. Uh, and and again, that combined with energy dependence uh, and, and just having bad leadership puts America in, in a very vulnerable place right now. Yep. And uh, we, we've got to get the word out to, to Americans. We cannot allow what happened in this last election, whether it was honest or not. And I frankly don't believe it was. Um, uh, and I think we'll know more uh, in the next year or so about what really happened. But we've got to get Americans focused on what policies will make our country better and their lives better. Uh, and it sure isn't coming from the Democrats. It sure isn't. And uh, the American people clearly know that because in poll after poll, that's reflected uh, talking with uh, 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 Robert Cahaley, uh, talking with John McLaughlin here about the poll numbers. They all point in the same direction to a uh, and each of them is very cautious about this because I (laughs) I characterize it uh, as pointing in the direction of a historic landslide. In November, and both of them, of course, want to caution me and say, oh, no, no, it's going to be very tight. It may be, but they point in that direction right now. And I take nothing for for granted, not after 2020. I don't take a thing for granted. Uh, Your your judgment, if you will, uh, of both the tired leadership and the charge of the Senate and Rick Scott's 11 items. Let's let's talk about that. Uh, what is do you think is the most important among them? Well, let's. I would encourage your listeners to go to rescueamerica.com and look at Rick Scott's points. I think if you're an American first type person, <laughs> you're you're going to like all of them. But uh, whether you like all of them exactly the way they are, or you want to add, uh, you you will see that that these are things that make America stronger, make our future brighter. And we owe it to Americans when we're running for office to tell them what we're going to do so that they can hold us accountable to those things. And so I I like the points that Rick makes, but more than anything, I like the fact that he's willing to put it out there. And, you know, the, the consultants in Washington are telling McConnell and others, don't put anything out there that the Democrats can attack. And if people go online, they'll see that all the liberal media are attacking his points. They're, you know, um, kind of misrepresenting them and, and, and criticizing <laughs> them. Uh, but but they're going to do that anyway. You, if you don't put out an agenda, the Democrats will make it yeah. up for you. They're, they're going to say you're going to increase taxes on the poor and that you're going to do all these, um, um, you know, racist things. And Dastardly. so you might as well put out your, Yeah. Yeah, you might as well put out your own agenda and defend it. And I think that's what Rick is very matter of fact. He was a very good governor of Florida. He's not flamboyant, uh, but there there was a little bit of an understatement right there, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) He's a a great, great friend, but, you know, he he can give you that fan based look. Uh, But if you look (laughs) at his points, they're really exciting. I mean, for me, if you look at it. Um, and, and so there is a whole lot behind that serious face that Rick carries around. 
I, I also want to compliment you for your title of your piece in the Federalist. And I recommend everybody go to the federalist.com and read the GOP establishment wants to take Congress this fall without telling voters why, why they should. Uh, Jim DeMint has written yeah. a terrific article. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jim. No, that, that was actually my subhead, and I don't think they like my My first headline was Rick Scott, Senate Republican leader. <laughs> and well, uh, I, so I, I think the Federalists decided that might be too provocative, and so they just used the subhead. You know, the, the folks, <laughs> Molly Hemingway, the, who's running that thing now editorially, uh, she's got a, she's, got, she want to bring, she wants to bring some flair to it. And I think she did. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to, uh, I want to turn to cut some of the items because you mentioned what the left would do with it. And I wanted to share with you what, uh, one leftist, uh, publication did with it. I'm not going to give them any, uh, publicity. I, I, I don't think I want to do that, but here we go. Uh, they could, here's the way they structured a couple of, of the, uh, Rick Scott's 11 points. First, turn schools into patriotism factories where our kids are forced to say the Pledge of Allegiance and teachers get fired for making white children uncomfortable, i.e. critical race theory. Isn't that the way you sort of read the, the agenda items? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if, if again, you can look it up if you want to see the the mainstream media go uh, apoplectic just look at what they said and how they distort you oh. what rick wrote you know i mean the first point he has on education our kids will say the pledge of allegiance which i had to do when i was in school salute the flag learn that america is a great country and go. choose the school that that best fits them and that's just a good start for a good education agenda uh, particularly focusing on school choice. And I think if the liberals, the left, uh, don't want to learn the Pledge of Allegiance, then support school choice so they can send their kids to schools that teach that Russia is great or whatever yeah. they want to do. See, I've got a different idea, Jim. i got a different idea about that. And I, I, I'm going to say it straight up. I, I, I'm not going to walk my tax dollars out of a public school system because I think it's the greatest equalizer in our society. It's better than any federal program that's been created. It's better than any one of these uh, nonsensical left-wing uh, initiatives that's been created over the years. I, I truly believe that. And so I'm going to walk the teachers out. If Those who insist on teaching children to hate uh, uh, whomever, Walk them out, get them out, get these two big unions out of here, because for two years they abused our children. They they absolutely abandoned their responsibility to those children. And for what reason? Not for science, because they they flouted uh, the scientific findings and followed a, a left wing purpose in everything they did. So I'm I say, let's get rid of those unions. Let's get them the heck out. And let's do it, whatever, you know, whatever it's going to take politically to do it. We got to do it. You're, you're exactly right, Lou. Government workers should not be allowed to form a monopoly against the taxpayers. And it's in crazy. this case, uh, teachers who are paid by taxpayers should not have a, a monopoly union against parents. And so I, I agree with Roosevelt, who was a, a, almost a socialist as far as I'm concerned, but he did yep. not think government workers should be unionized. 
And <laughs> and so it doesn't make any sense. And and if, if again, if if lo, if decisions were being made by local school boards and and the unions weren't involved at the national level, you'd see parents have a lot of influence. And like you said, that, that would help us make our public schools better for everyone. Absolutely. Uh, so, um, anyway, well, that's that's what Rick's saying. And but what we have seen just in defense of school choice is that when there's more choices offered, the public schools get better. Uh, we've seen that in Florida for almost 20 years, uh, and and I think there are lots of ways to give every child the best opportunity they have. Because we're spending from fifteen thousand, in some cases twenty thousand a year, on on public school students, right. and with that amount of money, uh, we could give them a world class education. Yeah, well, you know what? We're being taxed to provide a world class education. Our test scores are going down. Our teachers are worsening every year. Uh, I, it's time for us to take control of that public school, Jim. I truly, I understand what you're saying. And I, and I, by the way, it's a great number two for me. Uh, but number one is take charge of these schools, give these parents and these citizens in each community control over their schools and, and let's get this thing straightened out. Let's quit. Let's quit playing at the edge, go straight at the issue, straight at the problem. These children are being indoctrinated by the left because they mean to take over this country. If not this year, if not next year, then 10 years to 20 years down. We already are seeing it in the polling for the two youngest uh, quintiles in, in, uh, in demographics. Those folks under 30 truly believe that they would run, <laughs> according to the latest polling in the Quinnipiac poll, the Democratic children in that say that they would run from the uh, Russians if they invaded the United States. I mean, that's that's the most appalling statistic I've seen in a long time. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, But we can turn it around pretty quickly if we change leadership in America. And um, and Americans just need to wake up. And, and I worry about it, though, Lou. It's hard for people to get the truth. And if, if you see, um, if, if you're watching CNN and NBC, you don't know we have a border crisis. I mean, you, you don't know that they're teaching our children to hate by skin color in schools. You don't know that. That's but true at Fox. That's, it. It's true at Fox, too. Yeah, it, 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 it is. Uh, and, and, but parents saw this like you, you started out with during COVID. It exposed a lot of what was being taught in the schools. And the most powerful force we could have on our side are our parents, because they're not interested in politics. They're interested in their kids. <laughs> and, and that's such a clearer perspective. So uh, you're right. We got the most powerful political force in this country are the teachers unions. And it's negative. Uh, I found in the House and the Senate, if you ever tried to do anything to change something in public schools, the teachers union would come out in force to try to mislead people in your state that you were trying to destroy public education. And so we just need to, uh, again, they should not be unionized. I don't mind them having associations and, and sharing information, but this collective bargaining tool, it should not be allowed in, in public schools. Uh, it, it's, it's outrageous. I don't think there should be. Now I'm going to get into real trouble. Why in the world do we have civil service as well as public employee unions? What are we doing here? The only place that unions exist and with any strength and any numbers is in the public sector, uh, local and state and county and federal government. And you you pull out those those unions, 
uh, our taxpayer dollars are paying for the principal representation of those workers who are in civil service working in uh, public employee jobs as union members. It's insane. It is. It's an automatic conflict of interest because every time they vote for more government, they're voting for more for themselves. And and you don't want that kind of thing in government. Uh, so um, it's, uh, it's, again, it's a good number one point by Rick Scott, as well as his number two is just colorblind uh, equality, which makes complete sense. Why, why, are, why are we trying to bring color, skin color back into the equation on, on almost everything we're doing now. And it, it's, um, it's very divisive and it's intended to be. And if I could just draw one parallel, because there is a parallel between Russia, what, what Russia has been doing uh, in this racism thing, because, I mean, I've spent some time in, in the former Eastern um, Soviet U- Union from Latvia to Estonia, all the way down to Ukraine, Kiev. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 even ten years ago, they were saying Russia is has got the biggest propaganda machine in the world. They're they're trying to uh, meddle in their elections. They're destabilizing their government, but they're they're trying to stoke this idea of racism because there's so many ethnic Russians living in Ukraine and Latvia and Estonia and um, Belarus, and they're they're just essentially saying that these countries are racist, and that's why Russia needs to come in and take over. They're not racist, uh, but that's what Russia's doing. Uh, so uh, yeah. anyone who doesn't think that Putin's been trying to, I mean, he took uh, Belarus over years ago. Uh, in, in 2010, the, the Ukrainian people revolted against a puppet government of, of Russia there in Kiev and, and installed their own prime minister who Putin uh, quickly tried to poison. Uh, and so this has been going on a long time, and the, the West has certainly not integrated these countries into our economic system in a way that would have helped uh, keep this whole Russian invasion from happening. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. Uh, historically, it's correct. And, and we can add one other panel to this, and that is what the United States government has been doing in that period uh, in the case of the Obama administration. Uh, with uh, 2000, his election in 2008, by 2010, uh, we were signing away 20% of our uranium reserves with his signature to, uh, uh, to Russia. Why is that? And why hasn't that ever been explained? It's ridiculous because we have to import nuclear fuel into this country. Why are we giving up 20% of our reserves, uh, most of yeah. which are in the, uh, uh, the Western states? Uh, it's, it's stunning to me to see the things that we've done, where we had an opportunity following Perestroika and Glasnost in the early 90s. Why didn't we step up to invest in, in Russia? Why did we instead invest in China? And why did the United States build a, a communist empire uh, headquartered in Beijing instead of bring Russia into Europe and create uh, trade balance, uh, trade relationships that could sustain an enduring peace? Why are, aren't those questions discussed? And what a failure of leadership it is in both parties over the course of those 30 decades. It's, I mean, 30 years. And. And with that, we're sitting here now facing 
uh, the prospect of even greater and broader war as a result of what's happening in Ukraine. Uh, you said you wanted to talk about that, and I think this would be a great, great opportunity. Jim? Oh, yeah, I'm afraid, as you indicated, we, we have kind of lost Russia and many of these former Soviet republics uh, years ago. Uh, by not incorporating them into the world's economic system. And so certainly the European countries were not ready. Uh, and again, that's what you would hear uh, as far away as, as Latvia and Estonia is that they were just begging to be more of a part of the, the free uh, capitalist system in the world. Um, but we were we were slow to do that, and we've we've allowed um, Russia again to develop and corrupt, and put leaders like Putin in, who again now like you indicated, we we are probably in as much danger of nuclear war now as we were when the Soviet Union was behind the Iron Curtain, and so. But it goes back to I don't want to just talk about the problems because the solutions are right in front of us. Um, Russia became rich selling oil to Europe uh, because that's where Europe had to get it, and, and largely because of the climate agenda, which encouraged them not to produce their own energy. The same with the United States. And so we have fallen into exactly what our adversaries want us to do, uh, to, to be weak, to be dependent, uh, and it, that's what brings tyrants to the forefront. And we're facing that now, not just in Russia, but as you indicated, in China, we're dependent for our military equipment on many components that come from China. Um, a lot of the, 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 the minerals that are, are so essential to today's technology, solar and others, uh, China has, has bought control of or taken control of around the world. Uh, these things all have solutions, but it goes back to, okay, what can we do to make uh, America better, stronger, more prosperous? Put America first, and when we do, the world is a lot safer and more peaceful, and all of our allies will, will agree with that. If America doesn't lead, the world falls into chaos. Well, we're certainly watching that now. Uh, give us your sense of what's going to happen. Uh China has also said, uh, in addition to resisting, understandably, the, the, the warnings and the threats from the Biden administration, they've also said they do not want to, to find themselves sanctioned uh, by the world. And therefore, that suggests to me that they're not going to support Putin going forward. I would be surprised if that happens, but I've been surprised many times in my life. But this one does not make sense for what has been a, a very smart man and a very smart leadership in China. He knows that he opens himself up to unpredictable chaos if he were to uh, side up with Vladimir Putin on Ukraine, an absolute uh, uh, criminal act against humanity in Ukraine for which Vladimir Putin will never recover, uh, irrespective of the immediate outcome uh, in Ukraine. Do you agree? Yes, I do. I, I think, uh, unfortunately, the word Russian will be a scourge on the earth for generations. And that's certainly not fair to a lot of good people. There are a lot of great Russian Americans and there are so people in Russia dying, protesting, um, yeah. uh, dying and disappearing. Uh, but um, the, the word Ukrainian will, will be a word of, of courage uh, and nobility just because of their willingness uh, to fight for their own country 
uh, to die bravely. But this is a proxy war that unfortunately Ukraine is in the middle of. This is a war between good and evil, as you mentioned, and people don't understand that. I think we're forgetting that a lot of the, the difference between the left and the right is a difference between secularism and people of faith. Our, our founders understood that, is, is that it, you know, it, it, either you're dependent on God uh, or, or you're going to be dependent on, on some government. And that's why uh, people like Putin try to t- throw out religion and Christianity is because it's it's an alternate uh, uh, authority that people look to. And once you have the spiritual freedom that comes from the, the peace of knowing God, uh, you demand economic freedom and, and all kinds of other freedom, uh, which uh, is, is very threatening to tyrants. So the book Satan's Dare is a novel, but it's about truth, and it's about the Bible, it's about God, it's about suffering and why we go through it. But I just want people to have more confidence in what we believe uh, on the faith side, because I see that the lack of confidence in, in our schools being taught that this whole universe is an accident is not scientifically based, and that's what I show in the book. But if our kids come out of that not believing that there is a God, that we're randomly created by accident, uh, they're not going to be conservatives who are longing for freedom uh, at least it's going to be rare. Well, I, I, I can't, I have not read the book. I intend to do so. And uh, I would, uh, based on what Jim DeMent has said here, I would uh, urge you to consider it. Uh, it is uh, Satan's dare. I, I think that people who don't understand this now as a contest, a, a war between good and evil right now on this planet, uh, desperately need to, to read another book too. Uh, that we're all familiar with, and that's the Bible. Uh, it, it's a, it's a. Th- this is a difficult, difficult time. Uh, we none of us can predict what will happen, but we do know one thing: a lot of evil is at work in the world, and we have to, uh, if we consider ourselves good people, stand up against it. Uh, it's a very difficult thing uh, because so much is happening. It's so complicated. The chaos is is rising by the day, and to keep up with it. Uh, is a difficult task. Uh, the book is Satan's Dare. It's written by Jim Dement. Uh, we urge you to, as I said, consider buying that book. And we also would urge you to consider going to rescueamerica.com, rescueamerica.com. Senator Rick Scott's uh, agenda, 11 items uh, for, if you will, resurrecting America. Uh, we appreciate it. Jim, uh, we always give our guests the final word here on the Great America Show. Uh, please. Well, Lou, I want to thank you, and I want to thank your listeners, because I can just tell your listeners, if they're listening to Lou Dobbs, uh, they're getting the truth about issues and, and a, a perspective that doesn't come from fear or sponsors. It, it's just the truth, and you've done that for um a lifetime, and I'm grateful for that. I, I, I do want to encourage folks to seek the truth uh, as it comes to the political decisions we have to make. And again, the reason that I'm focusing on good and evil and Satan's dare is a defense of the Bible is there choices that we have to make today. And uh, if we look to government and people like, whether it's Republicans or Democrats, they're not going to save us. Uh, but if we have a country that's based on um, faith, 
and, and morality and a belief in God, while we all may have our different versions of that, um, it's so different than what we're seeing coming out of Russia and China and other places in the world. Uh, so I would just encourage uh, people to stay engaged. Um, but this country is so special. I consider it a garden called America that God gave us, and we are stewards of that garden. And that's why I'm still in the arena, Lou, is I'm, I'm there not not for myself, but my whole organization, the Conservative Partnership, is there to support people in the arena who are trying to save this country and do the right thing. So appreciate you and all your listeners, and, and thanks for the opportunity to be back on your show. Well, it's great to talk with you. Thank you so much for being here. Come back soon. Uh, and you're right about this audience. Uh, we, uh, uh, the audience and I are America first all the way uh, every day. So uh, you're talking to the right folks and, and we're listening to the right guys. So uh, we appreciate your time. I want to say Jim DeMent is the chairman of the Conservative Partnership Institute. Uh, you can go to the website, CPI. Dot org that's cpi.org the conservative partnership institute jim DeBent is chairman uh his recommendation for rescueamerica.com rick scott's 11 item agenda for getting this country rolling again and in the right direction rescueamerica.com we thank you again jim DeMent. we uh, appreciate it you're a great american and we thank you for being in the arena god bless you thanks lou and God bless you for being with us today. We appreciate it. Uh, please join us tomorrow. Until then, God bless you and God bless America.